building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. Hi, Patty. Hi, Angela. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Taking Time for You and Your Family. So today we're looking at how do you make choices around time and the value of making those choices. So, Patty, can you share your experience of um, taking time for yourself? We're going to focus on the self first and then we're going to end up with family, even though... When we have a self, we're all connected to family. Right. Well, I like to take a lot of time for myself. And there's some benefits for that. The benefits is it gives your brain time to rest. It improves your concentration. It boosts your creativity and helps work out problems towards solutions. And it gives you also a better understanding of oneself, and it creates relaxation and calmness. So when you spend time with yourself, those are some of the benefits that it gives you when you have alone time or self-care. Yeah, and I was looking at this concept of self-care with someone else the other day, and myself as well. I I grew up having a lot of alone time when I was a kid. One of the consequences was for me, I struggle with making choices about how much time to spend on myself. I'm I'm not at a loss at what activities to do. I've got lots of inspiration and creativity. But making choices for me is not so easy. Uh, So one of the things that I've found out about was the work-life balance program that you share, Patty. And each day, it forces you to explore. It, it gives a structure of what to do to determine how to spend time with myself or to, to determine what are my choices right? what are my needs because that's where I get a bit blurred. Sometimes, I, like I think in our modern life, we have so much choice and we don't actually understand what's a need and we don't know how to make decisions So today we're going to, if anyone is listening and you've got questions around that, like how do you make a choice and how do you determine your needs? I mean, the work-life balance program that you offer is really helpful for me to start exploring. Um, And you've got some really great um, tips as well about giving yourself a structure to explore what are your needs for yourself. Right. You and I, Angela, are both like alone time. A lot of people are the opposite. They don't like to spend alone time. And having that balance is good. And through the program, it talks about what's the best pro- what's the best thing for you as an individual, not me telling people, but me giving them questions and a workbook and all of those things on each different topic that I talk about in the 21 Days program helps them determine needs, their needs to have a balanced life. I I was an only child, so I spent, just like you, Angela, a lot of alone time. And I like my alone time because it recharges me. 
I need that alone time so that I can be a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) Benefits of alone time. So you can be a nice person. I think that's more real. Yeah, I I get that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So some of the questions that you might want to ask yourself as well, it's important to spend family time and spend time with your spouse and give them the attention that they need too without focusing all the time on work. And that's what I talk about a lot of times when I'm dealing with leadership or the work that I do. And the questions that you should be asking yourself is, how do we do this? When should we do this? How often should we do this? And what is really important to you? And when you reflect on those questions, realizing we need our family time. We need to be with our family. We need to be with our spouse. They need to be in our lives. They keep us balanced and grateful and loved. And that's important. Usually, for leaders, they work really hard. But we also need to think about that our family and our spouse also need our loving attention as well. And by doing that, going to a ball game for one of our kids or date night with our spouse or taking our parents out to lunch or go shopping with them or completing their honey-do list shows love. Sending a text saying, I'm thinking of you. Just taking those few seconds out of your day can show love. It doesn't have to be a lot of time, but quality time. Or just listening and talking about the little things. This is what this is what really matters in life. And make it a point to do those little things to keep your relationship alive. Our life needs to be meaningful. And by taking and having effort and putting our relationship first, just like we do work, we'll be happier and so will our family and our work life as well as ourselves. Patty, I've got a question about with your experience working with executives and their staff members underneath them because there's different layers in management and and team uh, teams as well. Have you noticed that executives have more difficulty balancing self, work, and and family? Yeah, everything's pretty much focused on work-driven. Their me time and family time is out of balance. They're giving probably 70% work and 30% possibly to the other things. And that's why they're successful because they do focus on their work. But if they want to have a relationship, any type of relationship, you do have to work on your relationships as well. Yeah, see, that comes back to the choice versus needs for me because they're choosing, on some level, their personality or their their spirit aspires to be excellent in their career area, whatever area, or they want to contribute to work for whatever purpose, reason. But they're choosing 
all the time to make that the priority and then they have to actively choose to balance that or balance the time that they give to work with the time that they give to family or personal relationships. Right. Because when you're so driven, all of your energy and everything is going towards that specific thing. So you're giving all of your energy and your time to your work. Mm. You know, they go, go in early, come home late. By that time, everything they've given themselves totally to the job. By the time they get home, they, there's nothing left to give. Right. There's also that phenomena which is not really spoken about a lot, but I have a lot of friends who have children and elderly parents. There was it's a, it's a social name for that phenomena, but you're you're um, I've forgotten the word now. But you you were in your mid midlife, and you've got elderly parents and kids. And right. I've heard heaps of stories of friends from previous generations, and now they 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 have to provide. They have to work. They've got a professional job, not just a boring job, but a one that has responsibility over others. And then they have parents that they need to attend to and kids so it's this, it's absolutely like pushing them to the max to the point of yes. breaking point well if you don't spend time relaxing you will burn out it will come that day will come that day will hit you if you don't take a vacation if you don't spend time uh, relaxing stopping for a minute and just taking some time out you will eventually burn out and it it will not be pretty then you can't do anything for anybody because you have nothing left to give yeah I've seen actually people who've pushed themselves to the max in their 40s or 50s looking up yes elderly parents and kids they may not they they sort of have this extra energy because they love these people and push beyond their boundaries of self-preservation, then the disease comes five to ten years later because they've actually pushed and pushed and pushed. Uh, and it, it's yeah. an interesting phenomena to watch, like how we're expected to accommodate. Like in tribal civilizations, we would have had someone to look after the elderly or the kids. But now in a modern life, you're in the mid between the generations and the burden becomes you to kind of juggle it all. Um, in Australia, we've seen some interesting models around that. The, the government here provides financial, some financial assistance for people who have to care for parents so they don't have to work. And that's been a really great fallback. Mm -hmm. But as our world moves forward with, with the changing of jobs and the workplace and the economies in general, globally, something I'm really curious about where the where is the not just in, in an internal reflection about what choices we're making but politically socially and culturally what do we saying for our how we want to look after our elderly and our children and ourselves as we start to spend time with family or or take care so I think that that comes down to me that comes back to like examining as well my choices I I don't want to be forced by society to make certain choices 
at the expense of my health or the well-being of those that I care for in my family. So that's been a huge issue, I think, with with modern cultures that are looking at how we're we moving the family forward as a unit that supports each other. Right. I mean, setting setting a date, say once a week with your parents, you know, maybe a Saturday, spend spend a couple hours with your parents. And also set a date night once a month with your partner. Take your kids out when you get home for a bike ride. Play ball with them out, outside for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Doing those little things, reading a book to them at night. All of those little things add up to a lot. It's just taking that time out. I think we're so exhausted by the time we get home. You know, there's people that work 12-hour shifts, 10-hour shifts. It really does take a toll on you mentally and physically. So just taking some of the, those times, you know, on the if you do have the weekends off, do take some me time. Do create family time. Do things like painting, scrapbooking, journaling, gardening, things that you enjoy and that bring you peace and joy. Also, if you do have a partner, they too need that. So if you work it out like, okay, this is um, my Saturday to spend a couple hours of alone time. Next Saturday will be yours. You know, sharing, sharing um, and being a partnership is real important to keep, keep balance in your life as well. So that brings up for me, Patty, um, the conversation about, say you're in a family rhythm, like I, I like how you're sharing to set up a rhythmic ritual or time with your parents. So yes. Every Saturday or if it's, if it's pizza night on Fridays, you set up these rhythms that you have some special thing that you do with people on a weekly or a monthly basis or for birthdays and, and, and events like that. Um, so what I've found with partners sometimes is that they get into these unconscious or unspoken rituals. So one partner might be really bad at communicating. So they're they're off at the pub. In Australia, we say the pub or the bar yes. <laughs> in USA. And suddenly you're like, um, hello, where are you? You didn't discuss that with me. But they've just gone from assumption that that's what they do mm -hmm. and some partners say oh you're acting like a single person but it's also because they're not aware that some sort of communication could be helpful like you just shared about well you had that's your me time and that's my mean time and we'll alternate right and you know my dad Monday through Friday every night he stopped at the bar and had a drink and if he didn't show up at the bar they would be calling my mom wondering where he was because that was his ritual. That's how he unwinded before he got home, which was fine with us <laughs> because he needed that. But we knew that. We knew, we knew that he would stop there and he always came home 
at the exact time. And um, it was just, he did that for 40, 30, 40 years. Wow. It was just, and um, everybody at the bar knew him, and um, he would have his one or two drinks and then come home. But that was his way of unwinding and also socializing with his friends. And my mom accepted that. So it depends on the partnership, what, you know, what your guidelines are going to be. Now, if you have somebody that, you know, every night stops at the bar and doesn't come home till 10 or 11 o'clock at night, then maybe there needs to be a discussion about, <laughs> about that. But, you know, if, they're, if it's only they spend um, an hour there and then they come home, is that acceptable to you? Is that not acceptable to you? And that's what we talk about in the Balanced Life program as you, you took the, as you know, Angela, those are the question, those are the type of questions when you're setting up um, your, your balanced life. And I do recommend to people to do it with their partner as well because that's how you get to know each other. It brings up ways to talk about things just like that like you brought up Angela great that's that's really helpful because sometimes you know some some people don't have that ease of saying what they want with their partner or some of us just sort of think our partners should have an ESP and don't you know <laughs> what I need you should understand and but actually with the work-life balance program that's a structure that goes oh I'm looking at this as a way to sort of bring some balance into my life do you want to do it with me and right. have a look or you can even do one day and, and discuss, oh, I discovered this about sleep today because one of the days deals with sleep. And that's important to get <laughs> balance around that so you can be a nice person for your family. Well, I have recommended before that, you know, the partners do it, but they do it separately and then they talk about it uh, if you know they do it separately so that they have their balance and they both individually have their balance and then they hopefully it will open up the communication <laughs> if, if they talk about it what they want each one of them wants and how they can compromise or find out what's really important to the one individual and what's not important. Yeah, I think that's powerful, Patty, because so many assumptions are made in families and a lot of expectation that you should just accept me the way I am, whereas instead you're giving through those questions and reflection exercises because you reflect on your needs and then you look at what choices you can make based on those needs. Yeah, I wish I had this program when I was young because it, I think it would have helped me a lot throughout my life and maybe I would have made different choices. That's right, because you mentioned that for you, you became a work-life balance coach as one of the services that you're drawn to because you're, you made some choices in your life that put your life out of balance my life was very out of balance very out of balance so I was putting work needs before my family 
And did they tap you on the shoulder, your family? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gently. <laughs> they, yeah. So our families um, don't always confront us gently or don't always communicate directly with us. Sometimes a lot of families communicate passive aggressively. I've noticed this because there's uh, certain habits that have formed very early in the family and some of those habits uh, create come even from our ancestors. It could be from your great-grandparents and you don't even know why certain things happen in your family because it's happened from family members that have passed away that you may not know but those habits of, of um, how we communicate how we address uh, needs in the family can come from ideas from another generation so for example my family my grandparents were born in Sicily and grew up after the war during the war during two wars and went through the depression and also in Sicily it was pretty bad there wasn't anything really moving forward it got stagnated so they had a very stringent attitude to money food and resources and even water sometimes there wasn't enough water in my father's village so that meant we were constantly in Australia running from a dynamic of don't spend that don't do this don't do that frugality oh my god you broke something it's the, a bad thing but that came from the beginning of the last century so that was one of the things to consider about choices um, or and versus needs like we have very different needs in the, the late um, 20, 20th century to the beginning of that century but we were still operating the family was still operating from unconscious assumptions about what was a need versus what was a, the availability of our choices so sometimes you know, spending time with family can be challenging. Is that, is that the polite way to say it? <laughs> um, there's probably several words you could insert. Uh, not every family has an ease of communication or relating. And and sometimes, like what Patty's offering with the work-life balance program, I really think that's a great idea for us, uh, two people in the family that want to work out how to communicate, how to start by self-reflection. And sometimes with some other families, it seems like even that is a big step or a big obstacle um, to even begin maybe a conversation or trying something different. So if there's things in your family that are, like I was sharing with my own family, they are just old things that sort of have been hanging around the family for a long time and you struggle with trying to even make a little change or a suggestion or you might have some beliefs that oh, I can't really change my family. What I suggest to my clients and associates that I work with is to just start to visualise. Again, you can use something like the Work-Life Balance Program to just look at your needs personally and what your desires are with your family, like Patty's saying about coming up with some rituals or, or beautiful um, opportunities to create something fun or even just hanging out and doing nothing, spending quality time. So often it takes within a family dynamic that's kind of operating by some old traditions that are outdated, it takes just one person in the family to sit and with themselves, spend time by yourself and really start to reflect and to think 
optimistically or ideally what you want. doesn't mean you have to have this perfect family. In fact, more and more I work with families, I realise that that's been a very big hindrance for us, wanting this perfect family lifestyle or the images on social media <laughs> where everybody's happy and smiling and, ah, oh, it's the biggest illusion of the 21st century. That is not how families have been ever. There is joy in families, but the majority of families are where we resolve a lot of really tough things in life, like birth is a difficult thing, death is a difficult thing, and that's where our family creates a safe space for us to do that, to bring in new life and to, to help people deal with struggle through life or master life and then help people leave life. Families are really important for that. So if you have one member of the family, what I do with clients is if we have a difficult family dynamic, we start working with them making small changes to perhaps themselves in the terms of how they feel about change or how they feel about possibly having a new way of doing something. And that's where I've seen amazing results because that's when one person in the unit, the family unit, starts to visualise a new way of relating or communicating or having a, a one conversation where you start to change the dynamic of the family or offering a different out uh, thing to do with the family, like a, a celebration, maybe some sort of ritual, some sort of ceremony, something different for the family to come together, that has a huge impact on, on how you can shift the dynamic of the family. And also in terms of if you really want to um, look at changing that family dynamic, you do need to work with the vision. So often I have clients that have troubling problems in their family that come from things in the past in the family and it can seem unrealistic to start fairy tale visions of your family but when you start to look at really what is that true connection what do you really want to share with your family even if you think they're not going to be open to it or optimistic about it what starts to happen is vision work around I would really love to have this experience with my family member whoever that is it could be a spouse as well you're actually starting to allow your consciousness to open up to that possibility and that has been the biggest change I've seen in, in everyone that I've worked with um, so the other tip I was going to share with um, about your alone time is that sometimes with troubling family dynamics we look at alone time um, as a way to run away from the family an escape <laughs> guess why I'm laughing Patty <laughs> yes I have done that um, yes. <clears throat> so alone time can often be seen as a a form of escape in, and resistance to being with the family. And yes, I've done that. I'm a great escape artist. So that can often set up a dynamic. And I really recommend that you start to look at that very habit. Like, are you escaping? <laughs> and that's okay. Don't judge it. Just acknowledge the first step to change is acknowledging where you're at. 
So that will begin a process of coming back to your needs, using something like the work-life balance program to address, well, why have I set up a habit of escape from my family? <laughs> and looking at any old hurts, that's a specialty. Yeah, that I, I mean, with. isn't that what teenagers do? They go in their room and they shut the door. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then they have their alone time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. sometimes the irony is that I notice, I think in my teenage years, I really wanted secretly my family to say, no, spend time with us and we're going to do this exciting thing, which may have been like going out to a restaurant, which was exciting when I grew up. And um, we didn't go out to restaurants that much. But... It was, it was like I really secretly wanted someone to rescue me from that place. But I also think it was good that they didn't do that. I think it was good that they forced me to go a bit more into the icky stuff inside in the alone time. The trap is, now that I'm much older, is not to keep coming from the teenage behaviour because we often get stuck in that teenage behaviour because the emotions may have been too intense. And then we start to think the family is the same. And families are a dynamic unit. And once you get into that concept, oh, well, that was then. What's potential for, for now? There's a lot of possibility if you start to realise that you might be coming from old habits of escaping and avoiding some of the old feelings. And if you've got and a difficult... That, sorry. Oh, sorry. And that's where you have to have the balance. There's people that like a lot of alone time, and then there's people that don't like to be alone at all. So it's so it's creating um, creating that balance. Yeah, what I saw in the work-life balance too is that I got to see how many hours. Like if you've got a difficult family, sometimes you need to determine how many hours do I need or how many hours can I spend with the family. And I think you've done that in the vacation planning blog that you've shared as well, Patty. You've given some ideas about how many days or what period of time do you want to spend with the family members if they are triggering you too much. <laughs> so, Angela, when you were talking about visualising what you want in your family relationships. By people visualizing what they want, it opens up a change within themselves. It opens up the possibility that, it, that they can create or choose, which helps them to open up their heart, which is the biggest change. It's, it's opening up the heart and releasing what's been holding them back from enjoying their family. Yeah, and enjoying themselves in, and themselves in relationships, enjoying their ability to be themselves with others. Because unfortunately with some families and groups in general, we get into such old patterns that we think, oh, I can't be myself, I'll just hide in my room or drown myself in Netflix and my life will be fine and then we end up lonely and we never address behavior or the feelings that created the behavior to protect ourselves mm -hmm. whereas vision work 
which can be really, um, when I start with vision work, sometimes I have clients go into extreme fancy, like they want this sort of perfect family and that doesn't exist. So I, I let them have that and then I sort of go, okay, so that's not what you're experiencing in your family, is it? And I see what feelings come up because they don't have perfection. And then I also educate them that nobody has it. Because <laughs> we have this illusion that families are meant to be somewhat perfect and, and they're not. In fact, we're just living longer. A lot of families dealt with a lot more harsher living circumstances than what we have today in the modern world. And some families in the world are still dealing with child mortality or diseases or lots of problems where they just don't get to keep a family. <laughs> However, if you, if you go into fantasy, it's important to see that can be an escape or what are you trying to not see in your life now that maybe you're not ready to see or if you're going to fantasy why are you in some ways feeling that you need to have this perfection because that can be a, a big trap for a lot of us that's why we can't enjoy the dysfunctional families that we we typically are, are dealing with some element of dysfunction not a lot of families are quite joyful and naturally can move forward so once you do vision work, what starts is you have to start to see what little piece is possible for me in my heart that I can start to open up to. And that can then, if, if you do it in combination with the questions that you're offering in the work-life balance program around discovering what your inner needs are, you can then start to verbalise to family members with more positive feeling inside of you with the vision of okay, it's not going to be perfect, but perhaps something little could happen. It starts to open up your feeling of pos positive things coming to fruition and perhaps releasing some old emotions. And that's where the questions become a lot more easier to start thinking about, well, these are my needs. How can I communicate these needs positively with some family, one family member or the family group? And also gratitude what what makes you grateful for them and your family and if you can think about um, the good the good why am I why am I why do I love them uh, what am I grateful for for them what do what have they done for me those kind of things if you also think about being grateful for what you have yeah, especially in my experience because I have some really funny memories. My family has a quite dark sense of humour, so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have done this life without that. So, Patty, if people want to discover more about the Work-Life Balance program, they can find out more about that from the link in the description uh, below or they can contact you as well. Yes, or go to my website. It's it's the first it's the thing right there on the website, the twenty one days optimal work life balance program. Great. Great. Yes. WWW coaching for inspiration with Patty with an I dot com. Great. And if any of you are wanting to work on those challenging family dynamics, you can also discover more by setting up a free relationship clarity call with me and the program I share about transforming 
relationships. So check that out as well. And any other questions that you may have about relationships at home, at work, please let myself and Patty know. We're always looking for new insights that people want to explore around building better relationships. And you can send us a message uh, with the links below as well. So any parting words today? I know you shared a beautiful thing about being thankful. Well, what I love about you, Angela, is you talk so honestly about family relationships and and are real about it. And you help people get through some tough times and actually work through those hard, difficult, challenging things within ourselves. So thank you. Thank you, Patty. Thanks. Yeah, families are our best teachers. So thank you, Patty, for bringing us together as well on building better relationships and wishing you more quality time with yourself and your family for everyone who's hearing us or watching. Thank you. Thank you. And we look forward to any of the tips, if you use them, hearing about how they worked for you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback. <laughs>